Hello, you beautiful people. How are you? Good? All right. Yeah, as Pastor um, Paul says, we love coming up here. In fact, every time I get an opportunity to come up, I look at my husband and I say, now, are you hearing the Holy Spirit? He says, yes. I said, are you sure the Holy Spirit's not saying to you that we should shift to Kaitaia and live there? <laughs> and he looks at me. I don't think yet I've got the voice of the Holy Spirit because he's not yet done it or agreed to it. <laughs> but we love coming up here. So thank you for the privilege and thank you for asking us to come. All right. How many people here went to New Zealand and Beyond Conference a few weeks ago? Wow. All right. That's good. Wasn't it a wonderful conference? Yeah? yeah? Yeah, it really was. Um, we all had personal encounters with God, whether we were aware of it or not, whether it was obvious or just undercover that God was hitting us. I know that all of us had encounters with God. And Tim had an amazing encounter with God. On the first night during the, uh, at the end of the message during the um, prayer, they said, we're going to have a time of prayer. And Tim was standing there, raise your hands if you want prayer. And I raised my hand and Two people came and prayed with me and Tim was there and nobody was praying for him. So after the couple behind him had finished praying, one of them said to the other, we should pray for him. In the meantime, a young man, about 18 years old, from the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia, was sitting up in the bleachers just beside us and he's looking at Tim and he can't take his eyes off Tim and then he feels compelled because nobody's praying for Tim to come down. He bounded down and said, could I pray for you? Right. He's a Maori boy whose grandfather is in uh, West Church and his grandfather had sent the ticket for him to come over and come to church. And so he prayed for Tim and as a result, Tim immediately regained sensation and improved circulation in both his hands. Yeah. And he was excited about that. But, but, there's more. <laughs> because as he got up and started to walk on his walker in the crowds moving along, he said, I think that God's touching my feet. And he has no sensation from his knees down, had no sensation from his knees down, if I hasn't had for a long time. And um, as he went down, by the time we got to our accommodation, just you know, half an hour later, he gets out of the car and he says, the Lord has said to me, pick up your pallet and walk. And so he picked up the walker, folded it up, put it under his arm. I mean, this man can't even stand up without falling over unless he's holding on to something. Puts it under his arm and walks about 20 foot across the road with this thing. And then he says, come and get it, it's too heavy. arena 
that ever before is confident enough in his Lord to step out and do it. And that's what all of us want, yes? That's what we're going to talk about today. You know, I really enjoyed Pastor Tark's video from last week when he talked about the amazing things that God has done and is doing through all churches by the vehicle of New Zealand and Beyond Conference. For example, um, God is touching and changing people individually, and he's also changing whole campuses and churches as a result of that, those three days. He's enabling us to see that full surrender to God is the gateway to more of him. As we open up more to him, we get more of him. Yeah? Right? That's such a simple thing. But we need to take that and run with it. Surrendering is the gateway to the fullness of what Christ has for us. And then the third thing was that um, there, Pastor Tuck felt there was a shifting in Church Unlimited to a greater dimension of the power of God in ways which we have never previously experienced it. Again, individually and as campuses and churches. <coughs> Pastor Tuck reminded us that the word said that what he felt the Lord was saying was we will pray for ourselves and we will pray for others and then suddenly realise that there has been a breakthrough, a healing, needs are being met, right? even as we step out in faith and ask. Even as we're asking, we'll start to see this greater dimension through the supernatural, extraordinary release of God's power. That is God's good news. Um, Pastor Tark's prayer message really impacted my spirit when I heard it last week, and because of the short notice, I hadn't actually got a sermon prepared at that stage, and I felt that's what God wants me to talk about, that's what we're to look at today, and it's really the foundation of today's message. God wants everyone in this place to have a personal encounter with him, yeah? Alright, you, you know what? He's here now, he wants it now, right now, in this place, today. Alright, do you believe that? Personal encounter. Every person, alright, he wants to have a personal encounter. If you've not already had it through that wonderful worship, if you've not already had it as you've voluntarily given your money to the Lord, it's about to happen. So buckle your seatbelts and get ready because God's about to meet with you in this place. Um, God's ordained it that you are here today. You're not here by accident, you're not here because mum, dad, husband, wife said you've got to go to church. You're here because God says, this is the day you need to be here. Right? It's not an accident. Um, as we surrender to him and his word to us, we must be expecting that we will experience him, experience him, experience him individually and as a group, as a whole, as a campus as a whole. We have to be expectant. Surrender to him, be expectant. Surrendered, expectant, prayerfully seeking him for ourselves and for community breakthroughs, we will experience a higher level of God's power in this place today. There will be healings, I'm declaring prophetically. There will be people meeting the Lord for the first time, salvations. There will be deliverances. Um, chains and bondages are going to be broken in this place. People will be set free from their old ways of living and thinking. And they're going to be delivered into God's new way, new life. That's going to happen today in this place. may not be obvious to you immediately, but it's going to happen. Let's believe it. Do you believe this is possible? Yes. All right. Do you think it's going to happen? Are you ready for it? Are you waiting for it? Okay, 
Amen? Alright, bow your heads as I pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with seeking hearts that are open and ready to receive what you have already planned for us. Lord, I ask you to release a higher level of your anointing and your power in this house of God today. Thank you. Get, make our hearts soft to receive your word, Lord, and open our ears and our eyes to hear and to see what you're saying. Lord, I ask you to touch every person in this place. Change lives, we ask. And God, in return, we shall declare to one another in the community, to our neighbours, to our families, we shall declare the amazing things that you have done. Our neighbours will know, our school friends will know, our workplace will know, Lord God, um, everything that you have done. And this is all for your glory, for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Right. Expectant. Ready. The anointing's here. For those of you who have experience of healing, the anointing. If you just put up your hand now, you'll be able to feel the tingling of God, the presence of God. He's been ushered in even before we arrived in this place through the prayer and the preparation, but he's here in a powerful way. All right, slide one. <coughs> the title for our, um, uh, our, our message today is Inflamed and Fired Up. The word of God for today's message comes from... 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 6 and verse 7. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. It's written by Pastor Paul to his young minister, Timothy. Oh, isn't it coming, Pastor? Oh, that's been okay. Exactly. Paul is saying to young Timothy, because of your sincere faith in Christ Jesus, I know this because in verse 5, that's what Paul was talking about. Because of your sincere faith in Jesus, Timothy, you must kindle afresh and keep in full flame your spiritual gift, the Holy Spirit power, the, 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 um, your spiritual gifts, by using them in service to God. So you've got to kindle them, keep them, the flame burning, so start it up again or make it brighter, keep it burning and use it in service. All right. Paul then goes on to advise Timothy how he is to use these inflamed gifts when he says, don't be afraid. Instead, exercise your gift in Holy Spirit power, prime the Holy Spirit fruits of love <coughs> and self-discipline. Going to spend a few minutes talking about recalling some things about Holy Spirit and spiritual fruit and spiritual gifts. You know, it's the Holy Spirit who endows us with spiritual fruit and spiritual gifts. When we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives, when we believe in our hearts that He's Son of God, died on a cross for our sins, raised again to life by God the Father, when we believe that, when we believe that, we are saved. The Bible says we're no longer on a on a, a, a line, a 
destiny that goes in that direction away from God to eternal hell, but instead we've got a certainty through salvation we're going to go to live forever with Jesus Christ, with God. As soon as our hearts have surrendered to the Lord in this way and we acknowledge his lordship over us because of our salvation, Holy Spirit comes and makes his home within us. And when the Holy Spirit lives in us, at least three things are certain. The first thing is, because he lives in us, communicating with us, spirit to spirit, we can have an assurance that we are indeed saved. We're a child of God now. We're part of the family of God. Okay? That's point one. So when we doubt and when things don't look good, Holy Spirit in us reminds us of that. And we can be assured of that. The second thing that happens is, when Holy Spirit comes and lives in us, his fruit comes and lives in us too, all right? And so he brings all of the goodness of God and places it within us. All of the perfection of God comes and lives in us. Now, at first, we don't notice that so much, although sometimes God is very gracious to us, and suddenly we stop swearing, or we no longer want to drink. Suddenly we start loving people we never loved before. Those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit that are in us, dwelling in us. The third thing that can happen is we can say, Holy Spirit, this is great, and I'm glad I'm saved, and I'm filled with your fruit, and life is good, but I want more. I want to be empowered in a supernatural, extraordinary way. I want to move up to a higher dimension of power in me. And the Holy Spirit will then give us a second infilling. We call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens... Often for people, the first evidence, confirmation that they have been baptised in the Holy Spirit is they get a spiritual language. Again, we call that tongues. And so we start speaking in other tongues, other than our English or Tereo or whatever it is we normally speak in, we've got another tongue, a spiritual tongue. And that is something that we can communicate directly to God with. Right? God understands that. Sometimes we don't understand it, but God understands it, all right? And what's more, when we're empowered in that way, and we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the special empowering, extra empowering, we, can, we are able to be filled with spiritual gifts. You know, I believe every one of us has a spiritual gift, at least one spiritual gift, all right, when we're um, baptized in the Spirit. But we can ask the Holy Spirit for more gifts, and these help us in our Christian growth, they particularly help us in serving God because with that increased power we can minister and help other people serving God in that way. The fruit of the Spirit are manifestations and confirmation that Holy Spirit is indeed living in us and change our old selves and new old ways into God's way of thinking and behaving. We become more like Jesus when we make a deliberate choice to change and mature according to the word of God under the power of the Holy Spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit working inside us. So what fruits of the Spirit do you see at work in you? Where are your strengths? Love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control or self-discipline. You notice that amongst those fruits are love and self-discipline, which were part of um, the scripture that we had today. Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit too, as I've just explained. Holy Spirit fills us anew with his power through the uh, baptism of his spirit. 
Um, we must ask Holy Spirit, however, to empower us in this way. So if you haven't asked the Holy Spirit to give you the second infilling, this baptism of power by His Spirit, then you can do that right here today. Even when you're sitting out and you can say, I'm hearing this, God, and it sounds good, I think I would like some of that. And maybe, even right where you are, He will respond to it. Um, so when, remember, when, when you are empowered, the first evidence is you're suddenly, you will get this spirit language, speaking in tongues. It's supernatural. It comes from God. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11, we see a set of spiritual gifts and the power gifts that come with the baptism. There are others in the Bible, but that list is there and quite concise and able for us to see. Gifts of uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, an extraordinary faith to believe things that we couldn't normally believe for. Gifts of healing, gifts of miracles. Um, prophecy, a word of prophecy, being able to discern amongst the spirit what's of God and what's of the devil or the world or our flesh, all right, that discernment, supernatural discernment, and being able to speak in other tongues and bring a message to the church, and then being able to interpret what has actually been said. Those are the um, nine gifts that, of the spirit that are actually listed in 1 Corinthians. Now, they are only given to us, well, they're given to us with the baptism. We have that potential now in there. I believe everyone has at least one. But sometimes we don't see one operating in our life that we feel we would like to see. And so on asking the Holy Spirit in prayer, he will actually give us more if we ask for them. Right? He gives to each one of us as he sees fit, according to the needs around as he sees those needs. Part of that is us being available and being ready and saying, yeah, here I am. I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but with your help I can do it. So I'm available. I'm trusting you, Spirit of God, to use me and to manage it and to make it okay for the recipient. Yeah? All right. So um, the other side, of the, the other flip side of the coin is we can get this baptism in the Holy Spirit, get the spirit language, but in fact we don't use it. And it lies dormant within us. Same with the gifts. We can ask for a gift, but then maybe the first time we use the gift, it doesn't happen the way we think it's going to happen, and so we shy off. And we don't keep on using it. And when we do that, the, the, the gifts, the power of the Holy Spirit, the three baptisms, lies dormant within us. So the moral to the story here is, if you're going to get the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and if you're going to get the gifts, they are given to you for the good of everyone else. And so you need to use them and keep on using them. Practice and keep on practicing. Church is the same place to practice. Because we've all been there. We've all done it, all right? And so you practice in the church. You step out in faith, and as you do so, you become better at it, more capable, more able to trust the Holy Spirit more able to uh, move in those gifts. In 1 Corinthians verses 12 to 14, those are the chapters all about spiritual gifts. And right in the middle is this one about love. All right? Without love, these gifts are useless. With love, they are powerful. The love of God at work within us. And it says in these chapters in two different places, eagerly desire these spiritual gifts, eagerly seek after them, particularly the greater gifts and especially the gift of prophecy. Right? I read this when I was a young Christian and I thought, yes, I have word and knowledge and I could pray for people and they would be healed. God used me in these gifts. 
after I've been baptized in the Spirit, when I didn't have prophecy. And I thought, I really want prophecy. Do you know that every day, every morning during my devotion time for a full 12 months, I would quote these scriptures to God and I would ask him to fill me, with, give me the spirit of baptism, the power of, of um, uh, prophecy. One day, almost 12 months, I think, to the day, I was in a woman's seminar, the last place where I wanted to give give the prophecy, and all of a sudden this thing started rattling down here, and it kept coming up and coming up, and I didn't know whether I wanted to be sick, I felt excited, and it just, and then all of a sudden this word in English just flew out of my mouth, and it was, it complemented what the speaker was talking about, and it added to, and it was words that some people in that place needed to hear. Right? And so I started saying, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it 12 months, every day for 12 months, and I've got it. Praise God. All right? So it doesn't always come just like that. Baptism and the Holy Spirit came like that, and I spoke immediately, and tongues and have never stopped. But sometimes these gifts need, you need to really seek after them. 12 months is a long time, isn't it? All right, so um, my question to you today is, have you been baptised in the Holy Spirit? Do you speak in other tongues as empowered by the Holy Spirit? And do you know what your gifts are, your spiritual gifts, and are you using them or are they sitting dormant within you? There's going to be time in the service today. Remember, every person's place is going to have an encounter with God. That could be your encounter point, asking for that. All right, so how inflamed really are you? Alright, for some of us, we're not on fire at all. Alright, we either haven't been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or um, no flame at all, or for some of us, it actually is there, but we've never really used it. For others of us, we did use it once, but now it's lying dormant. No flame at all. Second group of people here have smouldering embers. Alright? There's a bit of heat in there, there's a bit of power in there, and you know it's there, and you sort of feel it, and occasionally it bubbles up, and you might use it every now and again, but it's really not a fire. It's just these embers. And as you know, with a fire, if you've got embers and you don't do something with them, stoke them up and add a bit more fuel, then what's going to happen to the fire? It's going to die, isn't it? Right. Maybe you're somebody who's got a growing fire. You started here and you've kept on practicing and you've kept on using the gifts and you've kept on eagerly seeking and kept on asking and people have been blessed and ministered to through you as the Holy Spirit has used you as a channel for his gifts. All right. All right. Maybe that's you. All right. Perhaps, however, you are a raging inferno for the Lord. Alright, there's no stopping you, there's no holding you back. People come and meet you, and as soon as they meet you, they go, oh wow, here's the heat, here's the presence of God. This is where I'm going to go to, this is the man I'm going to go to, and I'm going to get him to put his hand on me and pray for me, because this raging inferno for God has got the power, and he's got what it takes. Amen? Amen. All right. And, uh, and so my question to you is, where would you put yourself in there? Because what we're going to do now is look at how you're going to fan this into more effectiveness. All right? So find out where you think you lie, and then we'll, we'll move through the next part. Um, so how to fan the, the gift into a flame. This comes from 1 Timothy 2, Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, where Paul's exhorted Timothy... 
fan into flame the gift that's been given to you by the laying on of my hands. Two things that you need to do. If you are somebody who has um, no fire at all, all right, um, or you have had it but it's dormant within you, it says up here, ask for baptism of the Holy Spirit in prayer. We're going to open this altar up for prayer in a few minutes, and I'm going to invite you to come forward. If you just don't know what I'm talking about, but you know God's speaking to you because you're feeling a bit weepy, you're feeling a bit uncomfortable, <laughs> because it might mean you have to get up and say, God, here I am, do something. All right, if that's you, then you run forward. You come forward real fast and say, yeah, God, I'm here. I'm asking for baptism in your spirit. I'm asking for a flame to be ignited within me. All right? Um, the other thing that you can do is you can, you may have been filled with the Holy Spirit and you just got a little bit of embers going on there, a little bit of warmth, but you actually don't know what your gifts are. And what you can do is discover what these gifts are. There are questionnaires that are available that we can use. They have limited um, usefulness, depending on how they're set up and how they describe it. They helped me because I knew what was going on inside of me, but I had no words to describe them. And when I did the questionnaire, I said, aha, that is a word of knowledge. That's what I'm getting, because I then understood what word of knowledge was. All right, so the questionnaires and the feedback from them are good. But there's things you can do. You can sit down and say, what is it I really like, I really want to do? What am I good at? And you often find that it's these things that you really like and that you're good at fall into a, a category or grouping where it's to do with speaking or it's to do with um, uh, heart stuff, you know, caring for people, or it's to do with doing and being very practical. And these gifts tend to fall into those sorts of groupings. So looking at your desires and your abilities help you in this area. Um, the other thing you can do is you can start serving. You work out, I really like kids. I'm good at cooking. I like meeting people and meeting new people. And so you go and you speak um, to Pastor Paul and Pastor Sally Ann and you talk to them and you say, this is what I'm good at doing, this is what I like to do. How can I serve in the church? Because once you start serving, once you start serving, you're going to get in situations that you don't quite know what to do. Like somebody comes in and they start yelling at you instead of shaking hands and saying, I'm glad to be here. And you say, what am I going to do? All right? And it causes you to say, God, help me under your breath. And so the Holy Spirit comes and you start to see a gift emerging. Maybe it's a word of knowledge which tells you the reason why this person's um, having this fit right at the doorway where you're greeting people is because something dreadful has just happened in his home. God actually reveals a little bit to you about it so that you can say, okay, Friends, come with me. I realise you've had this has happened. And, and that astounds them. Because they realise, how did you know that? I've never seen you before. I've never been here before. Holy Spirit, it must be God. Alright? So serving is an ideal way to see what emerges. The other thing you can do, the third thing, is you can talk to other people. Because often other people see things in ourselves that we don't see about ourselves. Alright, so those are the three ways in which you can start to um, move these, um, uh, move the no flame and move it into embers and move it on from there. Right, the second level is how to fan the gift um, to, into a flame when you've got smouldering embers. So when you've got smouldering embers, you know you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, you have the capacity to speak in tongues, you know some of your gifts, you may have one or more gifts. Right? So what do you need to do about this? You need to keep on developing it. 
don't stop. Because remember, if you stop using it, it becomes dormant. No flame, no fire, dormant. Right? So you've got to keep on using it. So one of the things you might have to do is learn more about the gifts, like I have to do. Right? And if you feel like you and you want to do something about that, talk to Pastor Paul, Pastor um, Alan, talk to Pastor Sally Ann and ask them, what are we doing in the church? Can we need to talk about this and see what we can do? I'm sorry, guys, I'm just giving you another job. All right? um, the other thing, again, is you can serve and use them because as you start using them, you start developing them. Um, you can look at your own, take, take stop and take stock and say, okay, what is going on here? When that situation happened, how is it different from if it had happened six months ago or 12 months ago? And in doing that, you actually start to give yourself positive feedback. I am growing. I am changing. I'm going to keep on doing this. I'm going to keep on serving. I'm going to keep on using my gifts. Yeah? And before you know it, you'll be have a growing fire. And once you know what fires are like, I, I spent 40 years in Australia and bushfires were all around us all the time. One little flame, one little ember, all right, in the right, dropped in the right place, i.e. dropped in the middle of the church where you're serving, one little spark dropped there leads to a raging fire that's out of control. It gradually grows and grows and grows and grows and that's what you're aiming Right, and the, the final one is um, fanning the gift into flame when you're a growing fire but you want to become a raging inferno. I know there's raging infernos in this place because I've seen you and heard you. Right? Usually someone in this section here, which I suspect is you, is it? Sometimes there's young people in this area. And there's someone there, who a, a young Maori man who's always... Leaping and jumping, and he's on fire. He's hard, all right. But I know you've got them in here, all right. And so, how do you? What do you do with this growing fire to where you want it to become the consuming fire of your life? The seal of God consumes us. Yeah. You need to exercise the gifts without fear in the power of the Holy Spirit. Exercise the gifts in the uh, spiritual fruit of love, and exercise the gifts with the spiritual fruit of self-control. All right, now I'm running out of time here, but I think this is quite important. You realise, of course, that this is verse 7 out of the scripture. All right? um, Paul said to Timothy, fan into flame the gift that was given to you by the laying on of my hands. And then he says, don't be afraid. You know, God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. Right? And they're fruits. Love and self-control are part of the fruits that we're in there only right now. Whether you've got a gift or not, they're already there. Alright? But you've got to grow them. You've got to grow them. You've got to feed them and grow them. Feed them on the word, grow them with the help of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> this is really important because when you're raging fires, sometimes you get a bit out of control. Now bush fires are terrible. Once they get to a certain size, they just take off and they don't stop for anything. They consume everything in their sight. That's not good when you're filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. You need some self-control at work there. You need to be able to hear the Word of God and then to obey. I remember the first time I heard the Word of God, but I didn't listen to it or carry it out in this point. It was probably the... the one of the times in my life when I was the closest to God, I was in Bible college 
and absolutely loving it. I'd go and sit in Bible college, tears running down my face from 8am to 4 in the afternoon as I listened to the word and delved into God. In fact, one of the lecturers used to say to me, I hate teaching you, he'd say, because you make me feel so guilty because you're weeping with the word every time we speak it and I'm not. You know, because I was so into what was happening. Full of the grace of God, God was looking after me in amazing ways, testimony after testimony. God gave me a word which I added to. And then I went and shared it with this young woman who said to me, looked me in the eye and said, you've made that up. I know that's not from God. So maybe, and she went and told my senior pastor. This was in 1993 or four, and I'd been a Christian for four or five years. I tell you the humiliation and the embarrassment. I've never forgotten the lesson. Never forgotten the lesson. Because I knew her well and she was a friend of mine. And it made it worse. Alright? Self-control is so important. Self-control is learned and developed. Alright? It's learning to put a band-aid, a, a, a thing over your mouth. A muzzle over your mouth to stop your tongue. This tongue, very good and very bad. And you need, if you're unsure, you go to somebody who's a mature Christian, one of your pastors or leaders, and you share it with them and say, is this from God? But always make sure you've heard it from God and you give it the way God gave it to you, or you use it the way God told you to use it. The other thing is love. You know, chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks all about love. And it says you can have all these gifts and you can do all these amazing things because, you know, when you get the spiritual gifts and callings, they can't be taken away from you. Once you've got them, you've got them for life. All right? Even though you may not be using them, you've got them for life. And so it says you can have all these marvellous gifts and be doing all these great things, but if you're doing it without love, they're worth nothing. They're worth nothing. And it's a love that you can't make up because it's got to be the love of God in you. Where you look at somebody and you instantly have a pain in your heart, or you start weeping, or you feel, I've got to help them, I've got to do whatever they need to have done. Right? So when you minister in the gifts, you must have that love that you're giving you. Alright, so just to summarise, what level are you at? I want you to sit here now and self-assess. Where do you come for in? Are you at level one, unfilled, no flame, dormant? Or are you at level two? Got the gifts. Wow, this life's good. But you're sitting there all by yourself and keeping them for yourself and enjoying them for yourself. All right? Level three, are you sharing your gift with a few other Christians? Just sometimes? Maybe because you're not with other Christians, you're not fellowshipping. Maybe because you choose to use it when you choose to use it, not when God says. He says use it all the time, always available, always ready. Are you at level four, sharing with fellow Christians as you serve and minister in the church? So you're doing that at least three times a week, right? Because if you're in the church and you're serving and you're ministering, it means you're coming to church on Sundays, it means you're part of a life group, and it means you're in the prayer group. Right? You're praying with other people. So at least three times you have the opportunity to be ministering. Or you, and that's good, that's good. That's a good level to be at. That's where most of us desire to be at. But some of us know that we're called to be a raging inferno. In fact, all of us are because the Holy Spirit declared through Church Unlimited and Nurse, um, through New Zealand Beyond Conference, he's pouring out a higher level of his dimension of power. So this is for all of us. All right? Then you are sharing everything that God's given you, all his gifts, to all of God's people, saved and unsaved, 
um, in the church, in the community, in throughout all of the Northland, Qatar, Northland, uh, far north, all of New Zealand and beyond. Yeah, that's Rachel Inferno.